Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. Tales from the Far Side. Gary Larson comic strips. Exploding children. Anthropomorphic animals. Entomology. Hey everybody and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or possibly less. My name is William Dibion. Or, or, or definitely less, definitely as the case pans out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This one... <laughs> Who are you, William? Who am I? What am I doing here? My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film <laughs> critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everyone calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I uh, also contribute to Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. And you're great. And 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 I am the main course of awesomeness, I suppose. You sure the hell mm. are. You can call call me MCA. And uh, all throughout October on Cancel Too Soon, we've been highlighting uh, horror, supernatural, Halloween-themed shows and also Halloween specials just because... Uh, it's we a pretty good have, month for it. Because we didn't have enough to do this month. No, so we, we didn't. we decided to uh, have an episode every week this yeah. month. So we reviewed uh, the, the horror series, Dracula the Series. That's right. We reviewed the not-quite-as-horrifying-as-you'd-think series, Nightmare Cafe. It's called Nightmare Cafe, but it's not so nightmarish as it turns out. Turned there's, out. There's a giant bug in one episode. It was created by Wes Craven. We thought we had a shot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we also did some Halloween specials. We did the Halloween that almost wasn't, which was a, a delightful show. It's very sweet. Uh, we did uh, the Nickelodeon TV movie Cry Baby Lane, which was an interesting experience. It, it, it's more interesting for the legend that surrounded it than yeah, it necessarily was a, for the special itself. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's really cool. We had Rebecca McKendry on from mm-hmm. Blumhouse.com to talk about how that movie... Uh, was taken off the air and became an urban legend. It became a creepy pasta, as mm. they call it. Uh, and the, those kids with their creepy pastas and their uh, fax machines. The, it's the most. It's the spookiest tortellini in the land. Uh, um, you, you would think they could come up with a better name. You don't get than to pick your nickname. Creepy pasta. You don't get to pick your nickname. I suppose not. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, we tried for you many years yes. and it didn't work. Nothing sticks. Uh, and uh, to close it off, mm. uh, we have a suggestion from Whitney Seibold. Yes, thank uh, you. This is one of his very favorite Halloween specials. It only well, aired once, it, but it got I released. Can't, well, let, let me explain in weird it. Ways. it okay. It wasn't my favorite. It was actually one that I never got to see. Oh. Uh, it was one that I was really looking forward to. And I had the calendar marked. However, I marked the calendar incorrectly. I had the no. wrong day. Uh, oh, I, I, for, I think it aired on a Sunday, and I think I had marked like the the following week or, or then. I just forgot. I so we came home from some sort of event. Me and my family. Uh-huh. This is in 1994. I was still in high school, and uh, I turned on the TV to unwind at the end of the night, and I caught just the last segment. And I was kicking myself, screaming, no, this is what I wanted to see. And my face was glued to the screen <laughs> for maybe the three minutes that I was able to catch this very last segment. And I didn't understand anything that was going on. A, kid, a guy was running around the woods. Yeah. And there were children laying around the woods, uh, like just sort of inert on the ground. And the children were exploding. And I didn't understand what was going on. You still and, don't. And, yeah. he, and he was screaming and screaming and screaming. And then it just sort of ended without any sort of announcement or that's it, folks. There was, wasn't even a yeah. the end card. The, just the credits began to roll. Didn't tape it. 
had no access to it. And again, this was the until, 90s. Until the days of the internet. This so, was the 90s, so stuff, you couldn't, no one DVR'd anything. There was no internet to watch it un, again. Unless you thought yeah. to, to program your VCR, you didn't have that. And no one knew how to program their VCR. I did. Whitney I just, was the only one who I knew just how to program didn't, his VCR. didn't do it correctly that We're day. talking about the Halloween special, Gary Larson's Tales from the Far Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Far Side, for those who don't know... well. It was one of the biggest comic strips in the world from about 1980 to 1995. Yeah, he, Gary Larson uh, did it himself. It, it's a very much a spiritual child of Charles Adams' work. It's where there was the macabre. Yeah, there's there's a, a bit of morbidness. There's a lot of animal humor, and there's a lot. And it, it was a single frame or single panel comic. Yeah, like uh, with uh, little like Ziggy or Marmaduke or the or the family circle. Yeah, or family circus. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, but really kind of strange. Yeah. Uh, anthropomorphic animals' comments on animal behavior. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Far Side cartoon? They, Everyone they, has they favorite They showed up in cartoons. offices and cubicles all the time. Yeah, yeah. Every, I've, I was a huge Far Side mm. uh, uh, adjunct. If you adjunct... <laughs> Acolyte. 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 I was a Cenobite of the far side. <laughs> there you go. And uh, uh, no, I, I would have trouble picking one. I always liked the one about uh, the dog who was trying to trick the cat into, into getting into the dryer with handmade <laughs> signs saying cat fud yeah. instead of food, fud. Yeah. And the cat was thinking about going for it and yeah, never the, quite the, did. The cat was standing right outside of a dryer and the dog was hiding in the shadows and his thought bubble was, oh please, what oh was, please. What was the one where it was the crew of the Starship Enterprise and on like the view screen... There was the head of some famous chantreuse. I think it was Zsa, Zsa Gabor. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the crew of the Starship Enterprise find the floating severed Sp- head of, uh, of Zsa, Zsa Gabor. Well, one of the weirder uh, ones. It, you watch Star Trek, you know, they're flying through space and something bizarre. Abraham Lincoln, a giant green hand, oh, will yeah. just appear in front of the ship. So no, I get it. The giant I got that. floating head of Zsa, Zsa Gabor is just sort of a logical extension. The Far Side was one of the more surreal comic strips we've mm. ever had. Certainly one of the most surreal, successful comic strips we've ever had. Uh, they published a lot of different book collections about it. It calendars. Mm. It was a big deal. I mean, Gary Larson. You can even get like at Barnes and Nobles these oh, days. Yeah. I think they, you can still get that gigantic, heavy, like every far side, far side. That collection. was great. Yeah, it was great. There was a great book called The Prehistory of the Far Side, which mm. was actually sort of like how the stories came about. And you which, saw a bunch of strips that were taken off of circulation because mm. they were too uh, ribald or disgusting. Well, or, one uh, of that, my favorites yeah. that he did was actually one that was rejected. It was a snake that was having trouble. Climbing out of a baby's crib because of the lump in its midsection. Yeah, I no can see that, I can see why that one got pulled. That one was rejected by the editor. That's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, I can totally, I can totally see that. Uh, so it was huge. <clears throat> it was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gary Larson retired. Uh, the Far Side ran from January first, nineteen eighty, to January first, nineteen ninety-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he works occasionally. He'll do like a, a illustration. I think he did a cover for the New Yorker in the two thousands. Um, but he's he's pretty much retired. He's from basically cartooning. retired. He's fine. He, he's but, living off of those far side royalties. But what's he's weird good. is that he's actually been pretty successful at keeping his work off of the internet. It's his yeah, work. He yeah. doesn't want people just banding it about, so it doesn't get shared the way that like Garfield's do online well, or, or any of those. Yeah, so I wonder, you look at, if, I wonder if young people are discovering the far side. That's I, kind of my well, question. I, my question actually is: Are young people even still consuming comic strips? 
Because we grew yeah. up in the era of newspaper ubiquity. We'd yeah. get newspapers delivered to our houses. They were just in every office and in every classroom. Yeah. And we would always dive straight for the funny section. Yeah, because it was the part we could read. Everyone around the table was reading the newspaper. Dad yeah. was reading the front page. Uh-huh. Mom was waiting for Dad to finish the front page because she was very worldly. And <laughs> uh, But we could read the funnies because we didn't care about Measure M and whether no, or not it's going to affect the housing little, district. Little kids don't know a lot about politics or, or yeah. world news or even geography. So it was the- <laughs> we read every single morning. We read the funnies and we all had comic strips we loved. Mm-hmm. The Far Side, Calvin and Hobbes. We all had comic strips we hated. Read- Family Circus. Nobody likes the Family Circus. No, the people who quote, make the Family Circus don't like the Family Circus. To, to quote the movie Go, it's down there in the corner just waiting to suck. <laughs> There's this whole whole tirade in the movie Go about how this guy reads the funnies, but he hates the way it's constructed, because down in the bottom right corner, it's always the family circus. So yeah. he reads that last, and it's always a letdown. There was a funny bit in uh, the prehistory of the far side mm. where they, they got permission to republish some of the family circuses on the occasions, because family circus and far side were both one-panel comic strips. So they, they were, were usually put together. Mm. Every once in a while, there was a printing error, and their captions would mix. <laughs> would be inverted, yeah. Or, or like Dennis the Menace was another one, where it was mm. like, Dennis the Menace was just eating a sandwich, and it was the far side caption. And mm. I was like, oh man, mice again. <laughs> and it's just really gross. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, so the far side was huge. That's basically mm. my point. Yeah. And the far side Halloween special, Tales on the Far Side, aired on CBS on October 26th, 1994. This was just a couple of months before the end of the far side. Yeah, this was yeah. the last. This is one of the last great gasps well, of the and, far and side. And a, a lot of people were wondering why some of the more popular comic strips hadn't been adapted for TV. Uh, mm. Garfield's went on TV because Jim Davis is a commercial whore. Uh, <laughs> Which is not not necessarily disparagement. He's making a living with that stuff. He's doing I've, always, great. I've always enjoyed Garfield. I'm one of the, the few that unironically enjoys reading Garfield. Garfield strips. is fine. Say I, what you will. I think I've outgrown um, Garfield a bit. But well, the hol- yeah. The but holiday I, specials were a delight. Garfield mm, and Friends was a good show. Mm, I've seen a little bit of the new CG show, and it's lame. And I don't. Well, care yeah. No, the, the, I never saw the Bill Murray movies actually, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, you know, I, I have seen both of the Bill Murray oh, movies, God. and and. Even, even though they suck as movies, they get Garfield, right? And I guess that's all you really need. Um, no, I need the teensy bit more. Than okay, that. okay. That, that you, you'd you'd hate the Garfield movies. I probably don't, despise the Garfield. Don't movies. don't seek them out. I barely out, made point. it out of the Smurfs two alive. But uh, people were wondering why why hasn't the big question was why hasn't Calvin and Hobbes been adapted for TV? Well, first of all, Bill Watterson, the creator of Calvin and Hobbes never licensed the characters. Yeah. He didn't want products like Gar... He didn't want to be Garfield. Yeah. He wanted the art to stand on its own. And yeah. he was very much an artist. He became far more involved with the strip as it went on. He was drawing with sticks after a while. <laughs> there's, uh, a, there's a decent <clears throat> documentary. It's not great. It's not like a really compelling documentary, but if you love Calvin and Hobbes, it's worth watching. Mm. Called Dear Mr. Watterson. It's kind of a just a fan tribute, really. It's mostly a fan but, tribute, yeah. but it's a, but they talk to a lot of people who knew him, worked with him, mm. uh, and he is reclusive. He doesn't interact with the fans. He does. He only he's only given like a couple interviews yeah, his entire he, life. He essentially lives in the woods. Yeah, he he just doesn't. He has no interest. The books are published. They're out there. That's, but they talk about like his editor talks about like. Um, why there aren't any Hobbes toys. Uh-huh. You know, we figured there'd be a huge market for that and what would be the harm. And Bill Watterson's argument apparently was, well, if you have a Hobbes, then the Hobbes in the comic strip isn't Hobbes. Mm-hmm. There's that, that's Hobbes. Right. There, we can't all have a Hobbes. <laughs> then, that, then that devalues him as a character. Mm. And he's right, but I want a Hobbes. <laughs> I want well, one of what? those. You know what? The, the, you don't need a company to make it for no, you. No, I, I need you some learn, you learn, talent, you learn, but I don't know how to do You learn to crochet that. and build one yourself. That's um, my problem. 
That's your problem. You don't there know how go. to crochet. Uh, but, but the far side the, was the, turned into a Halloween special. Yeah, the, people are saying, what are you going to do with the far side? And they said, well, we're going to do an animated special. They said, everybody said, great, uh, but we're not going to advertise it at all. And it's going to like, <laughs> kind of, we're going to slip it in on, yeah. under the radar late at night I where people it was don't coming. see it. It wasn't like a huge event. It was it not. Like, it was definitely not an event. Yeah. I mean, The Simpsons was already eclipsing all TV Halloween specials at the time. Yeah, they had already had Treehouse of Horror <laughs> by that point. Uh, and the far side is a little like Treehouse of horror it's kind of a whole bunch of little tiny spooky mm. stories um, not there's no interconnection there's, there's no, no framing device mm-hmm. you just sit and down no, and you watch Gary Larson be spooky and there's uh, and there's hardly any dialogue at, as well very so, little dialogue uh, the camera usually pans across these certain vignettes <clears throat> many of which are just the strips like, yeah, there's like this one bit with uh, like a dog that's obviously been hit by a car. It's very cartoonish and mm. it's flattened on the road, and like a crow with a spatula, and that's mm. a very famous Far Side strip. Yeah, com- that that one shows up. <clears throat> uh, the the animals smoking outside of the farmer's window, like yeah. the adolescent animals. That one's in there. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of those are little <laughs> sides, but a lot of the stories are, are new, or they lead into strips that you knew mm. from before in unexpected ways. You yeah. now see what happened before the single panel, and mm. it's odd. Um, <laughs> and odd. Is the best way to describe this entire special. It's really weird, it's and there's nothing very, quite like it. Very strange. It is yeah. completely surreal. Yeah. It's it's pace might madden some people because nothing's spelled out. You kind of have just just well, wait for the scenario to set itself. And I can appreciate why maybe it didn't play very well at the time because it's mm. very measured. You can watch it now. It's available online. It was released on home video, but now it's out of print. Uh, um, it, it was released on home video in a big way in England. Yes. And you have to order it from England, but strangely enough, they only ship it to America. I looked at the site; they're they're out. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's out of print. It's it's it's, gone. it's been out of print for quite a long time, and I don't know why that website is still up. You'd think it's uh, a tease, is what it is. And I um, learned from that website, in fact, that there was a Tales from the Far Side two that, that was, never aired in America, only on the BBC. We weren't able to track that down. Maybe we'll do a sequel next year. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so but here's the deal. it's again, it's very measured. Mm. It's very spooky. It's just sort of grim. And then it's hard to imagine watching this, watching these kind of oddly paced, very silent mm-hmm. tales of amusing terror, and then coming up next on CBS, right. touched by an angel, fights <laughs> Satan, and you're just like, wait, what? No, I, you, you can't get into it. Mm-hmm. I think if you watch it all as one piece, it's very effective. But I remember at the time thinking it didn't Bre- Breaking quite, it up with commercials kind of interrupts really the, the mood and the pacing. And the other thing I remember thinking at the time, because I did see this when it came out, I, okay. I did mark it down on my calendar correctly, <laughs> uh, that I remember being depressed. I was amused, mm-hmm. but there is this... L- were you disappointed, or is it just the tone of the, the thing? I was, I was a little disappointed, but I think I imagined it would be a little bit more narrative-driven, like there'd mm-hmm. be like dialogue and stuff like that, and it just wasn't what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But actually, what happens is, because there's a whole bunch of little tiny stories, and a lot of them deal in death, or morbidity, or sadness, mm-hmm. uh, I remember at the end just thinking the world is a horrible place. <laughs> and we can find humor in that world, and that's what keeps well, us going. But really, everywhere we look, like if you just turn your head to the left, something tragic is happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can't even see it. Maybe it's happening to bugs. But something horrible and sad well, is happening I at think- any given moment, and that's life. And I thought to myself, well, fuck you, Gary Larson. But now I like it. Gary (laughs) Larson. I grew up a bit. Gary Gary Larson dealt with those sort of morbid topics, but I feel like the the tone of a lot of humor at the time was 
it was morbid, but it wasn't it wasn't hateful or spiteful or misanthropic. It just sort of pointed out the absurdity of it all. Yeah. It tried to make life not seem hopeless, but just sort of silly. And I, I think, I, I, but I, I don't think, think that comes across. I think, in fact, I in the, well, I'm that. talking about the strip. Oh, the strip, yeah, the strip, yes. The strip, yes. And but when they adapted it to animation, they had to pace it. They had to give it sound, and they had to give it music. And the music is this really funereal kind of plaintive violin whining. Yeah, it's by a jazz musician named Bill Frizzell. And if you want to hear some of, oh, the, Bill Frizzell's great. Yeah, if you want to hear some of it. Apparently, some of the compositions from this film are on his album uh, Quartet. There you go. So you can't hear some of it uh, just uh, on its own. And yeah, and but it, yeah, it's sad. It's the, got this kind of like home on the range kind of like there, uh, there's a poke kind of way. I was like, gonna say it was very lonely kind yeah, of music. Yeah, that's kind of that's what I'm getting mm. at. Yeah, it it it's a morbid little short, <laughs> um, and it opens with like a big panning shot. Mm. About a, of a whole bunch of kind of spooky things. There's actually it's cool. the opening shot's really really cool where you see the silhouette of what looks like an owl, but then there's uh, lightning and you realize it's just a vulture in a weird position, mm. which really is the whole thing in a nutshell. Everything looks great, but actually it's spooky and creepy and death. Well, it, it's, it, it starts yeah. with the spooky image of the silhouette of an owl, a very familiar Halloween theme, and then the lightning flashes. Oh, it's a vulture. Oh, wait, re- we're going to deal with real death here and carrion. Yeah, like, and one of the, and the camera pans over a bunch of things. Um, some of them are, are kind of spooky. Well, some of them they, are they pan across weird. something, and the, one of the first things we see is we pan uh, across a house yeah. and there's a pen full of rottweilers and for some reason somebody parachutes into it yeah and then we just pan away well, and the parachute like lands on top of the guy trapping him in with the rottweilers mm. and then you hear his screams mm. it's, a, it's creepy actually it's a creepy thought uh then there's uh but then the, the one i think a lot of people remember is um it pans across another house and there's like a there's like an arm hanging out of a window a dead arm like, clearly dead yeah. And you hear, like, a phone ringing. It's not being answered, so it's not like the guy just fell. Mm. And you, there's a parrot who's saying, ah, is it loaded? Ah, is it loaded? And creepy. Yeah, I, I think it's hilarious, but yeah. It's hilarious, but it's creepy. Um, like, it's, it, there's, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's dark humor. It's mm. black humor. It's, it's, uh, it's great. But that's, the, that's, that's heavy which, at the time when, like, again, there was a lot of silly... Yeah, well, again, Halloween stuff. Again, this is this is uh, that's based on one of the strips, and that's clearly taking its cues from Charles Adams, who was the sort of the yeah. pioneer the of, of the yeah this kind of macabre one-panel comic strip from the New Yorker. Incidentally, uh, I just rewatched the Adams Family recently, and it holds up so well. Oh, the Barry Sonnenfeld film. It's so good. It's it would be a classic if it was released today. It is yeah, so yeah. great in every way. Um, so so there's that, and then I think the. And then it, it, it moves into a familiar site. This is like the cover of one of the Gary Larson books, which was The Bride of Frankenstein, but it's a cow. Mm-hmm. And there's, well, a, we, we, and there's we have a farmer making it, we, and there's like a, a yeah. dog, Igor. And yeah, the, the dog is Igor. And the, the Walks e- like Igor. E- the Igor dog is hilarious. Yes. And uh, yeah, they, they resurrect this cow with a big switch. Yeah. That she turns the switch from dead to alive. Yeah, and there's a bunch of sheep like going up and the, to the, the barn. Yeah, the angry, the angry villagers are all sheep, and that's yeah. the opening segment. That's, that's it. it. And, and there's it, no there's no real punchline. And then it and then it, the camera just tilts up, and we see a plane going by. And it's mm. kind of like that movie Heavy Metal, where it just sort of moves <laughs> from different. Yeah. Uh, uh, sketch, different sketch, to the point where just at one point we just cut to a plane in the sky and something horrible is happening. Uh, <laughs> and in this plane, it's a bunch of bugs. And as and as my incredible fiance Michelle pointed out, Michelle, who by the time this episode uh, is is live, is now my wife. 
How great is that? Uh, is, uh, uh, William, William's getting married. The thing that she thought was really, really funny, and she's right, is that most of the bugs on that plane have wings. <laughs> like, it's an odd little joke. And it's just, it, I didn't even notice it. And, just a, and just like, it's a society of bugs, and yeah. you know, they eat grubs, and there are grubs in the luggage yeah. compartment. And yeah. one a, of the bugs gets his head eaten by a praying uh, mantis, because oh, yeah, yeah. that's what praying mantises do. There's a bug with like a tray of, of snacks, and it's mm. a bunch of little grubs, and he hands it to the praying mantis, and the praying mantis just bites his head off. Uh-huh. And he just keeps walking around. And uh, the the there's a bit where they're watching the live action movie The Fly, uh-huh. and they think it's great. They just think it's it's like a, a heroic, awesome, mm-hmm. cool movie. And then something goes horribly wrong with the plane. It tilts upside down, and then punchline: the entire plane hits a car's windshield. It's that tiny. Yeah, that's it. Punchline. I think Barry Sonnenfeld might have ripped that off for the opening of Men in Black. Oh, well, no, that was actual a bug. It was there was no like joke with the scale. But that was. Eh. Mm. But you're right. Men in Black did open with a bug hitting a windshield. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let me have this. And uh, um, yeah, then, and, and we, then we got two hunters. Two hunters who are uh, they a deer stops in the road, they shoot it, they strap it to the the front of their car, then they hear a mysterious noise. There's a mysterious light, and then we cut to space. <laughs> and the two now dead hunters with the now skeleton of a deer on the hood of their car is now strapped to the hood of a UFO, which is another strip. Yeah. And, yeah, and, it, is. And, it makes and, you think, right? Well, that visual is all you need, but now yeah. we have it extended into this now little... Now we know this, how it happened. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if that makes it funnier. I think it makes it far more atmospheric to sort of see the hunters alive first and then get killed Well, it makes it more depressing is what it is. <laughs> you get some sense of them. You, know, you, you get sense of them, you get sense of the deer. Well, you, 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 know? you, think, you think about their deaths rather than sort of the, the habits of hunters. Yeah, or, the, or, what, or, the or those aliens, is. basically. Right. Yeah, no, again, once a lot of far side strips, if you dissect them mm. and decide like how they came to be, they're really a bummer, actually. <laughs> it's, still, it's still an amusing juxtaposition of mm. imagery. But it's actually was like, oh right, that does suck for the hunters. Mm. What, what was the fo- what was the following sequence? Was that the? Uh, I'm trying to remember what came next actually, because again, it's, it's I think not it was very. The, I think it was the monsters and the exploding kid. It might have been. Uh, mm. So one of the other strips, if if we get the order wrong, forgive us. Mm. Uh, there's a monster, and it's like kind of like Monsters Incorporated, that opening scene where the monster comes out, mm. and there's it's a kid in there. The closet. Yeah, but the kid explodes, and it turns out it's a practical joke that monsters pull on each other. They do exploding kids. The, <laughs> uh, they, they hold up a box, and this is yeah. a product you can buy, the Acme Exploding Kid, yeah. and it covers the monster with white goop. There are a variety of, uh, when the show aired on, in America... Mm. Uh, it aired a little different than when it aired on the BBC and when it was released on video. The version we just watched uh, is the video version. Yeah. Uh, and um, one of the differences is there's like this whole headhunter segment. Yeah. 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 Well, apparently uh, that's, that wasn't in the uh, the, TV the exploding version. kids is actually a running gag in the broadcast version where mm. it's just the one segment in this yeah. version. Yeah. Where it's like there would be other kids in another segment and then the segment would go and then at the end, haha, the kids were exploding kids. Right. It's, it's a <laughs> totally, funny gag. Totally bizarre. It's a funny gag. But in this version, it, that's that's not... Remember the rule of comedy. Pervasive. If it's not funny, repeat it several times throughout. It becomes a running gag and it becomes funny. That's true. Mm-hmm. Family Guy's proven that. <laughs> uh, so there's a bit where uh, there's a headhunter talking to a bunch of kids over a campfire. In, in he- headhunter language. So yeah. it's, it's not... 
we only see what he's talking about. We don't. Yeah, and it's obviously words. a made-up language. And uh, and he's basically, and you see visually, he's telling a story about basically Moby their, Dick, their yeah. white whale, and it's a bunch of headhunters, and they're chasing after an explorer who has a giant head. Which is that's a great gag. It's just a funny. What, gag. What's what's the Moby Dick version for headhunters? Well, this guy, this <laughs> white guy with a really big head, uh, and then the kids don't believe him, and then we cut to the that explorer with the giant head telling the same story from and his kids, perspective, and the kids yeah. don't believe him, and, and the then kid, he, kids who also have huge heads. Yeah, not quite as huge, but huge. Mm. And then they don't believe him, and then he he laughs maniacally, and he turns his head, and like one of the headhunters the, is the, still the, strapped the to dead, his head. The dead Ahab is still roped to his head. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dumb joke. Um, <laughs> Again, dumb humor, yeah. but presented in such a, a creepy, earnest way yeah. makes it kind of hilarious. It's, it's really weird. Because okay. you kind of have to wait for the joke, and when it finally lands, you laugh. There's a joke. I honestly don't think I laughed at this when I saw it on the original. Mm. But we just watched it, and it was just hilarious just because of how it played. It's a wolf getting drunk watching home movies of his girlfriend. Or, or, or just friend. It's no, because not... they had that scene where they were like eating a deer and there was candlelight. I think they were trying to evoke a girlfriend. Okay. Um, regardless, friend, girlfriend, whatever. Well, there's, there's Wistful a, but, memories. But we, we recognize the iconography right away. We see like the scratchy film footage and yeah, like, like the opening, like the opening happy, of Wonder Years. Yeah, like a happy wolf is jumping around and all. And you just said out loud, "Oh no," because <laughs> you knew that this was footage of like a dead friend. And then yeah. we pan out of the room and we see this depressed wolf sitting in an easy chair smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Just like and like, completely and like, sad looking at this movie. Something like the, the wolf on the camera would do something really funny or cute, and then the wolf in the, sitting at home would just go kind of like yeah, <sighs> pinch, pinch the bridge of his nose, like really take, sad. take another hit of the drink, and, and then you see this wolf playing with like a bear trap, and like ha ha ha, they think we'll get caught in the bear trap, and then it's caught in the bear trap, and a hunter starts walking in, and the camera tilts over, and it's and just the, yeah, and then sad. The, then the film straps on the side, start slapping on the side of the projector, and the wolf <laughs> slumps in the chair, covers his eyes, and that's it. That's the end of the sequence. <laughs> it's really depressing, but that one's actually well, it's, funny. And it's depressing. What, what it what makes it funny is just the context you know we we're not meant to relate to the emotions of the wolf it's just funny that a wolf would no. have this moment and this honestly like i forgot about this um i think the original title for the far side was nature's way wasn't uh, that it? it was nature's it was something like that um yeah, I'm, i'll, yeah, I'll Gar- confirm that just right now but Gary like- larson was a biologist and an entomologist who was very interested in, in the behavior of animals so he wanted yeah. to make an animal-centric strip yeah but he also had other ideas that were not animal-centric so he turned it into the far side that's right uh there was the first it was i think the- nature's way is correct i think it is, it is right. nature's way right. um it started off that way and then mm-hmm. it became the far side but um one of the pervasive themes, because he did move out of this, is the idea of the anthropomorphic uh, anthropomorphization of animals and mm. looking at the life of animals in a way that really does make you relate. And it seems so obvious, and it's something we've been doing for forever. Garfield mm. proceeds at whatever, but what, like what, what, he found these odd, mm. weird moments that you don't you recognize as a human being, uh-huh. and you just added an animal element to him, and it was great. There's one classic well, strip where... he was where, also um, very good about including real biology to a lot of his strips as well. Mm. Like, if you know the behavior of animals, yeah. then it actually is funnier. But, like, there's one where uh, it's, like, a bunch of spiders in a car, and they have a bumper sticker that says, have a nice day, and mm. the smiley face has eight eyes on it. Yeah. It's, it, it's it, a funny image. It's all it mm. is. It's, it's not much to it. Uh, the, the, one of the classics was, of course, the real reason dinosaurs went extinct. And just a bunch of pictures of dinosaurs smoking. <laughs> and apparently that was a huge hit in the oh. paleontology circles. Oh, like, yeah. They loved yeah, yeah. that strip. 
Um, I, I think that one's probably still on the walls in paleontologist offices. Oh, probably. It's a classic. Day. It's yeah. great. It's so great. An- another one of the big hits was uh, uh, a field of penguins <laughs> in the Arctic. <laughs> They're just all sort of standing around. They all look identical. And there's one in the, it, sort of in the middle distance standing up saying, I gotta be me. I just gotta be me. No, he sings. Singing, I gotta yeah. be me. But what's weird is that uh, some, originally the far side was a black and white strip. Mm. Uh, but some of them were printed in color. And when they printed that one in color, that penguin was a different color. So it's, it changed the meaning it of changed the strip. Joke. It's still funny, but it's a different joke. It's weird. It, it's, well, I, I recall Gary Larson writing about that particular yeah. colorization, and he said, well, you know, you have a bunch of penguins in the Arctic against a white sky. Why would you colorize that? There's no <laughs> color in that scene. It's already in color. It's really weird. So, yeah, the only the only way they could excuse printing that one in color was to change the color of one of the penguins. It's not bad. Okay, what else we got? Others, the two mm. eggs making out at Lover's Lane. Two anthropomorphic eggs. Yeah, and uh, uh, the radio <laughs> comes on. It's one of the few bits where there's dialogue. Mm. The radio comes on and says, the killer is still loose. Now, back to romantic music. Mm. And then it's uh, it's one of the classic farside beehive horn rim glasses housewives with an egg beater. With an electric egg beater, and she, she kicks through the windshield. <laughs> like a badass. And, and then it cuts to a long shot of the car, and the win- the interior windows of the car turn yellow. <laughs> it's really hilarious. Uh, cut then, to the next morning, and we see a gigantic broken egg, and the, yeah. the female the egg blood is, is the co- yolk covered and, in, yeah. in yolk, and it's really... It's fun. Really slasher movie. My favorite bit, and this is the part I never forgot from mm-hmm. Tales from the Far Side when I saw it the first time, the only time I'd seen it until today. <laughs> but I always remember this joke, because I, I thought it was the funniest thing ever uh, was uh, a bunch of cowboys sitting around a campfire and there is voiceover telling you that back in the old west aliens invaded regularly and impersonated cowboys there was only one way to tell which cowboy was real and which one was an alien so it's like that test from the thing but the cowboy version and a cowboy picks up a guitar and there, there's a lot of slow, meaningful shots over suspicious eyes. Yeah. They're all looking around. No Cle- one knows who's an Cle- alien. Or clearly not. looking for the alien. Can I pick up a guitar? Do you want to? Do you want to be the alien? Sure. Okay. Mm. Uh, and uh, starts singing. The stars at night are big and bright. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Just he clapped one too many he times. Claps five times instead of four, and that's how you can tell he's the alien. That's, and they just shoot the guy, yeah. and he pulls off a mask, and he's a monster. Yeah. And God damn, damn, that's funny. I don't know why that just makes me laugh. Like going <laughs> it's a big old grin on my face. I don't know why. I think it's just great. Um, what are we forgetting? There's a, there's at least a few more. There, there's the there was the zombie dude ranch, the dead yes. ranch. Yeah, but what do, how do zombies take their vacation? They go to a zombie dude ranch. Mm. There's three-legged races where the zombie is just carrying another leg. Mm. They have pan, instead of pancake pan, uh, pancakes breakfasts, they have pancreas breakfasts. Mm. That's <laughs> uh, kind of cute. It's more just gross than anything. The, yeah. the joke is just that they're zombies and they're falling apart and there's organs and grossness everywhere. Yeah, and then, uh, and then it concludes mm. uh, with a guy in a car and he's, it's a spooky night. It's mm. lightning. Uh, he's almost out of gas. He's in the middle of the woods, and he's he runs out of gas just after he passes a truck that has crashed, and the back of the truck is open. Whatever's in the, tr- the truck is now obviously out, mm. and it says Bob's Monsters. <laughs> so Bob was delivering monsters, <laughs> but and the he truck pa- crashed. And the, the truck crashed. So, so now there's the monsters have spilled all over the road, but we don't see any of them. And this guy's really, and of course his car breaks down, and yeah. just long, long shots of him freaking out, and the lightning flashes, and he gets out of the car because he has no gas, and he has to start. And he 
the sequence just goes on and on where he's just sort of running around the woods. I half expected the gag would be that like he scared the monsters. Like it's just like Somehow, he's so yeah. frightened now, he becomes the thing he's frightened in, of. In the version I saw, this was a guy running around the woods screaming and there were exploding kids just sort of littered around. Yeah. The exploding kids weren't in the version we just saw. It was just no. him running around the woods. And the gag in the version we saw was that he runs up to the truck. Oh, no, he's in a panic. He went, went toward the truck instead of away from it. And then he's hit by a rake. Yeah. And he falls over unconscious because he stepped on a rake. Yeah. And then the gag is we see that the truck wasn't Bob's Monsters. It was, it was Bob's Monsters and garden rakes. And he's surrounded by garden rakes. Mm. And, you know, and we all know the gag. You step on a garden rake. The garden rake pops up, hits you in the head, and you, mm. fall, you fall down. He was doomed. Yeah. He was doomed. It's <laughs> a joke doomed. from The Simpsons. It's the joke with uh, Sideshow Bob. Yeah, where he just keeps on stepping on the rakes. Yeah. It's the, mm. I'm not sure which version's funnier. They're both funny. But it, yeah, Exploding the, Kid is more surreal. In the version I saw, the exploding, it was just the exploding kids, and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And <laughs> again, it's it, it sort of like fulfills this running gag, but it has no rhyme or reason within the sequence itself. None the whatsoever. rakes actually is a punchline. It is a funny it, it, it comes out of left field, but it, it's at least a punchline. The Exploding Kids is not a punchline. It's just another image. It's so fucking weird. And that's it. There's that's no it. there's no bookend material, just the yeah, roll credits. No conclusion. It's just we decided to end on that one. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Uh, it, it's it's surreal in kind of a satisfying way. And it's a, it's I've a good always, short. I've yeah. always appreciated the something that has the boldness to be surreal and doesn't want to come to a conclusion, uh, where it just sort of it doesn't even have a punchline. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, mm -hmm. and one of their mandates was no punchlines. Or when they had a, when they had a punchline, they had to sort of call attention to it in sort yeah, of a way. Because there was that one with the uh, the pe couple at the restaurant. And, and they said there's a dirty knife, yeah. and it's everyone in the restaurant just flagellated those. We're so sorry. And then it actually just cuts to a title card at the end. This goes on forever. Like yeah. the cook stabs himself yeah. out of out of depression. Like, like no, we failed, and he kills himself. Mm. And the waiter is mad. Like you and, and your of, dirty knife. And one of them starts to have a panic attack because he has an old war wound, <laughs> yeah. and it's like all coming back. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great and then, then they cut to a title card that just says, "And now the punchline." And and the, and the guests at the restaurant say, "Well, good thing we didn't tell him about the dirty." Fork. Uh, no, it's the. Uh, I no, mix it up. I the, mix it up. The segment was a fork, and uh, yeah. yeah, and and Graham Chapman like turns to the camera and very cheekily says, "Good thing I didn't say anything about the dirty knife." And then everybody in the room kind of moans that they had that they had to have a punchline. Yeah, it's a good punchline though. It's a good punchline, but yeah. I, the, the point was they had to call attention to the yeah. fact that they had to end on a punchline. There was no, yeah. no other no, way to end If you love Monty Python, this Farside special is definitely Yeah, this Farside is, yeah. is, is punchline free, and I enjoy I, that kind of scenario version of comedy as opposed to the setup payoff version. I really do think, though, that this, this special is way better for mm. adults or at least teenagers yeah, then no, this, partially, partially it, because it it's just kind of morbid. But it and uh, I think, but honestly, I saw it when I was rather little. I was maybe it, twelve when this came out, this and skews, I was very sensitive to it, and it kind of okay. bummed me out. So I, I would say wait a bit. I'd say this skews. Toward, you know, thirteen is a good age to start on this one. It's okay. I, I liked it, but I think I loved it more as an adult. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, it bothers me. This is so unavailable. I wish this was. Uh, this was canceled too soon. This should have been on every single year. This was great. Well, like it, it, it really, sh it should have been. But what's the audience for this? Just weird little kids. And you know, I, I was definitely in that demographic. I would have watched it every year. Yeah. I would have watched a new Far Side special every year. And they did make another one a few years later, which I 
haven't been able to see because it's no. not available anywhere except England. I know. We really got to track this thing down. Mm. We couldn't even find it online. Like, uh, we, had, we had trouble finding this version online. We had serious yeah. trouble. The closest, we, first time we tried to... There was like a YouTube one, but it was missing like the second half of the episode. The, well, and there, there was. And it was a, clearly filmed off of a TV. There and, was a YouTube version, the whole thing, yeah. which I watched several years ago, and since then was taken off YouTube. Like you yeah. said, Gary Larson probably responsible for that or his team. It's his because he doesn't it, want that online. It's fine. It's his. And product. then but like, release you can, it. That's you can all find. I want. You can get all the strips. You can't get the show. You can find clips of it on YouTube. Uh, we had, and since that happened, it made its way onto Daily Motion. We just watched it on Daily Motion. Uh-huh. Probably won't stay on Daily Motion. Somebody's going to rip that down eventually. I imagine not. But I will say this, and this is my thing with all bootlegs. I'm very anti-bootleg. Mm-hmm. I really, really am. If you can pay for the thing, pay for, pay the, for thing. the thing. Get give the creators their money. If it's not available in any way, I, I don't think it hurts to keep it alive and to talk about it. But the rule is, when it comes out, you got to buy it. Yeah. So please come out with Tales from the Far Side. I will pay double. I will pay you for this. I really want well, this, this to be available and people to see just how great this is because this is also noteworthy. This is the other noteworthy uh, uh, film mm-hmm. from a really cool director, Marv Newland, whose <laughs> short film, Bambi Meets Godzilla, mm-hmm. is a classic. Yeah. It's one of the best animated shorts you'll ever see. It's, it's only got like two jokes in it, but the jokes are brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's really short. It's like it's like two minutes tops. It's like ninety seconds. Yeah, it's uh, real short. Marvel put this together brilliant. in nineteen sixty nine. This might be the very first pop culture crossover event since the Universal Monsters. Uh, or no, Bambi, King Bambi. Kong meets Godzilla. Pardon? King Kong versus Godzilla. That was before that. Oh yeah, I suppose so. But it, yeah, but it wasn't common. But uh, it wasn't <clears> common. Bambi meets Godzilla. Uh, you know the short. You've probably seen it. If not, yeah. uh, that Monster uh, every- Party was already out by then. Well, that, again, that's kind of an extension of the Universal oh, thing. No, but, no. uh, yeah, uh, Bambi sitting placid. You hear the uh, opening strains of the William Tell overture. Do, 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 do. And uh, the credits go by. Each credit is Marv Newland, yes. which is one of the jokes. And then the, and then, the, but they, then they start extending the credits longer than they should go. Mm-hmm. Like Marv Newland produced by Marv Newland's parents. Right. You know, like, that's funny. And then uh, the credits stop rolling. You're not sure if there's going to be another credit. But then Godzilla's foot stomps on Bambi. The end. Mm-hmm. Ninety seconds long. That's it's a, it's a one masterpiece of challenging your mm-hmm. expectations in a short period of time. Uh, I I saw this in at least two different film classes. Mm. We, um, we we have a pr- we have a print of it at the New Beverly. Oh fucking yeah, you do. It's great <laughs> uh, and it's brilliant and it, it's totally this sense of humor. And I know Marvin Newland worked a lot. He directed some episodes of the TV show The PJs, which mm-hmm. I actually never saw, uh, and he did a whole bunch of work in shorts. But uh, this is like his other, I think, his big one. And at least as far as people saw in general. And it's great. And it deserves to be seen. People should see this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. And uh, and not un- unlike Crybaby Lane, people shouldn't seek this out just because it is unavailable or yeah. just because it ha- it's... You know, it's it's legend is being embellished through its unavailability. People, people uh, really it's, aren't talking about it much. People don't talk. People, yeah, it's it's forgotten. It's Crybaby Lane. A few years yeah. after Crybaby Lane, before the legends began to grow, and, and I think part of that is just not, that Farsight isn't really in the public consciousness the way it used to be. Right, but it's, not, it's also just not talked about. It's not legendarily great or weird for uh, for its unavailability. It it wasn't banned or nothing. It's just something that's great that people forgot about, and yeah. we need to bring it back into the consciousness just so people can enjoy it. Yes. Not because it necessarily needs or deserves popularity. It's just fun and good. 
So bring it, bring it back in the print, please, 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 <laughs> beg of you. It's so great. And that DVD in question not only has the special, but Tales from the Far Side too, which I am just intensely curious about. See, oh god. <laughs> Uh, so that is Tales from the Far Side. That's right. I'm really glad we capped off with this one. It was really worthy. <laughs> uh, so next week on Cancel Too Soon, we will be back uh, with a review of Seven Max Freelance Police, uh, classic, That's right. uh, short-lived cartoon series in the 1990s that was too smart for its mm-hmm. own good. And, no and, one, no one knew what to make of it at the time. After that, we're gonna we've been really stuck in the stuck 90s. in the nineties for a while. Here. We're gonna move out of it. We're gonna move out of the nineties. We're gonna try yeah. to go uh, earlier there's, or later. There's one more series from the nineties that we promised we'd get to before the end of the year, and we will. That, mm. that show is Profit. Yeah, which is a great show. I love Profit. Uh, we will get to that before the end of the year, but we're gonna give it a couple episodes. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna move out of that. I, I'd actually like to do if we have. The time, sometime soon, uh, the Doctor Strange pilot from the 1970s. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the new Doctor Strange feature film. I think it's it's worth talking about. I think it's bizarre. People Mm -hmm. don't don't know about it enough. But uh, we'll be doing Sam and Max next. Then we'll do something else, (laughs) Uh, and uh, it'll be great. Before we go, we want to remind you uh, uh, that we do have a sweepstakes going on Mm. uh, at Cancel Too Soon, where as you may have noticed. We're having a really hard time finding a way to end this podcast. Our other oh. podcast ends with, we both say, we're smarter than you. Ha, 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 it's over. <laughs> we need a new mm. uh, 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 final thing well, to we, say we've on been, the show. We've been closing out each episode with the way uh, any uh, a TV show might close out, which is usually the studio vanity card. Yeah, and, often or sometimes a stinger. We've been quoting um, a, a studio vanity card or some sort of stinger, but it's been different each time, and we've been sort of making them up on the fly. Yeah, and sometimes we've repeated when we when we can't mm. think of something clever, uh, and we're sick of it. We want something new. So uh, we already have a couple of submissions, and we appreciate that. Uh, you need to submit. Here's how you submit. You email us at bmoviespodcast, all one word, mm. at gmail.com. That's the uh, that's the, the that's email the in- address for both of our podcasts. podcasts yeah. Also, the Beamus podcast from Once We Hail, uh, and just put "cancel too soon" in the title somewhere so we know which one's which, and give us a, a tagline, a stinger. Someone already suggested that's all, folks. Mm-hmm. Perfectly good uh, entry. It's one of our first entries. Uh, we will decide. We, we, in oh, fact, we we asked people to do that just a few days ago, and we already have some suggestions. It's so, great. so thank you. So we're taking them in. We're going to decide on one. Uh, if there's one that's perfect, we'll just decide on that, and that'll be the winner. But because uh, this isn't really very formal, mm. we'll decide on it probably within the next month or so. Yeah. And the winner will get to dictate one episode of Cancel Too Soon. There's a show yeah, that to- you thought was canceled too soon that meets our criteria. We'll get to that in a second. We have to do it, provided, A, it meets our rules. It is one season or less. One season in a movie doesn't count, so we're not doing Firefly. We're not doing Firefly. Whitney hates Firefly for some reason. I like it. Well, I've never seen it, so I don't, oh, well, I don't know if I hate. I, but I don't even know if you like Firefly. I've seen the movie, and I. Well, yeah. And that's for you to- saw the you saw like the twelfth episode of a TV show and didn't yeah. get it. I didn't get it. That's I, not your I fault. honestly did. Here, here's a we, here's a weird fault. thing. Yeah. I don't know why, but Serenity somehow leaked into the exact same cognitive space as that film Ultraviolet. So for what? some reason they keep on, I keep on confusing. They could ele- not be event. more different. No, they couldn't. But for some reason they're just they're all the, the Venn diagram is completely That's overlapped. Really they're the stupid. same movie in my head. That's a very strange <laughs> thing. Now I want to review Firefly just to see how that works. Uh, so it's got to be one season or less, and we have to be able to find it. Yeah, it, that's the rule because there's lots if, of it isn't available. If you can provide it to us. Yeah. 
Even if you have like you a DVD and you want to mail it, to it us but like we'll, we'll we'll see it. But like a lot of stuff is available on DVD. A lot of stuff is available on instant streaming services. Mm. Uh, we're able to find a lot of stuff, but there's a couple of things we're really excited to find that we're having trouble with, like the 1970s show Cliffhanger. Mm. Like we really, really, really want to review that show. It's hard to find. I I haven't been able to find a line on the Love Story TV series yet. So. Oh my god, there's a TV based on Love Story. Oh my god, <laughs> there's an anthology Love Story. Series. We haven't found Holmes and Yo Yo yet. We're still mm. looking for these things. We'll we'll we're doing our best. Mm. Uh, so you'll get to dictate it. Just send it in. Cancel too soon in the headline. And do we have a letter we want to close out with? Is anyone send uh, a letter or is it just submission? All of the uh, letters we have for Cancel Too Soon are just suggestions so far. Okay. Uh, we, we had a suggestion for a, a TV series called Mr. Smith, which I had never heard of. Oh, it's about an orangutan. About a talking orangutan. Yeah, that'll, that'll be really was fun. Was Lancelot Link only one season? Oh, you know what? I don't know. Ooh, I'd have to look that up. That sounds horrible. I saw that when it came out on DVD a few years ago, and I remember thinking to myself, this sucks. Why do people like this? Um... <laughs> So um, gives that one away, mm-hmm. I guess. That's on my take on Lancelot Link. Um, so yeah, but anyway, write in. Uh, you can uh, questions, responses. Do you remember watching these shows when they came out? Do you have a particular memory about them? We'd love to hear about it, share it with our other listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at B Movies Podcast because Twitter still won't let us have at Cancel Too Soon, even though we registered it. Uh, yeah. And uh, you can follow me at William Bibiani. Uh, I am at Whitney Seibold. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave us a review, a star rating. If you like the show at all, please just take two seconds and do that. It well, really, really helps. It, when you leave a review, it sort of uh, essentially pushes us up the list when people do searches. Yeah. So it, it helps people find us more easily. And just by leaving a review, you're letting other people discover us. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what we're interested in. That's what and, you're interested in, too. And this podcast is just me and Whitney. We are not brought to you by a website. We're not getting paid any money for mm. this. So just a little bit of attention. Help us find and reach an audience. That's all we ask. Uh, so thank you again for listening. Whitney, how are we ending this episode? Uh, one potato, two potato.